0: Welcome to The Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Red Light Report. Uh, I recently just got back from a biohacking congress in Miami where I got to meet a lot of amazing people, whether they were attendees or other people representing their companies. And luckily today, the following week, I'm interviewing one of the top biohackers in the world, Dr. Ali Salvi Yarvi, who is out of Finland. And he is one of the pioneers of holistic medicine Um, out of Finland, as I mentioned. At the beginning of his career, Dr. Salvi Yarvi, mind if I call you Dr. Olive going forward? Yeah, that's easier. (laughs) So he worked as a medical duty officer at the Finnish Red Cross Blood Service in 2006. He graduated from the University of Helsinki with a degree in medicine and became self-employed in 2008. That's when I graduated high school. And he He has worked at nearly 50 different clinics around Finland. Dr. Ali has also acted as a consultant to various companies and service providers operating in the fields of wellness and health technology. Between 2013-2018, Dr. Ali practiced medicine in a private clinic that specializes in nutrition and holistic health care. Presently, Dr. Ali focuses primarily on the production of scientific content for preventative health care and well-being. He also runs training sessions and presentations on the topics of biohacking performance optimization, nutritional issues, and maintaining the intestinal balance. He has also co-authored the wildly popular book, The Biohacker's Handbook, which I have myself here. If you're on YouTube, here's a glimpse of it. It's a handbook, but it also weighs about 10 pounds. And we'll we'll get into that book in a bit here. Um, And he's currently working on another book set to be released potentially next year called The Resilient Being. In his free time, Dr. Ali enjoys athletics playing with his child, music, and good humor. Without further ado, Dr. Ali, welcome to the Red Light Report.
1: Thanks so much. That that was uh, probably the longest introduction <laughs> I've ever had in any podcast. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> I believe it. Well, <laughs> let, let's let's get into your background. We talked about it briefly, but um, I was just thinking about this. With your background being in Finland, and a lot of people, they get into the biohacking space or the health and wellness space in the States, they have some sort of crisis or uh, issue with the allopathic Western model in one way or another that leads them to looking for these alternative or biohacking tactics to to optimize their health and well-being. So I'm wondering what your story is Um, in Finland. You're an MD, but what was your moment or what really precipitated
1: your interest in the biohacking field? Yeah, to make a long story short, there were multiple points in time when I changed something and usually my life has been going around in like five-year periods. So I remember back in 2006, uh, I was just graduated, already working like two years and doing this and that and that and my calendar was like absolutely full. I was having like insomnia, couldn't sleep. I needed something to release the tension and the stress. So I became... Familiar with with mindfulness meditation and the work of Eckhart Tolle and The Power of Now. So I I think from there, uh, kind of the change into more this biohacking realm and uh, taking care of myself began. Of course, back in 2010, I was in the verge of almost being burned out after the four or five years of being on call in different clinics all over the place. During one week, I could be in seven different places and working nearly 100 hours, uh, which is absolutely insane. So I never got really like burnout in, in that sense that I wouldn't be able to do anything. I was constantly doing physical exercise, like back in then some CrossFit when ne- nobody was doing it here. And I somehow managed managed to get through that. But eventually, step by step, uh, the path in the medicine field has led more into towards this biohacking and preventive health I've needed to see like every corner, every inch of the system, wh- whether it was hospital or or like this basic uh, health health system, like general practice systems and so on. Uh, from there to private practice and now like full-time biohacker and advocator and maybe I would call us and myself as a builder of this new preventive healthcare system. So uh, a lot of ups and downs, and uh, <laughs> like uh, a variation of, of energy levels, of stress levels. And, uh, but that's how it is. And now, being an entrepreneur, it's a roller coaster, not the least with this COVID thing. And we have moved more towards the resilience. And that's uh, what we see people need the most at the moment.
0: Well, yeah, let's jump into that. Cause, like I mentioned at the beginning, there's this. Book you guys came out with in 2008, the Biohackers Handbook, which, yes, it fits in your hand. It surely wouldn't fit in your pocket. It is a thick... You comp- can do bicep curls. <laughs> Dude, I was just thinking about that. This would, might be a little too heavy if you were doing bicep curls with blood flow restriction training. Um, but yeah, in this, in this book, you guys have topics that cover sleep, nutrition, exercise, work in the mind. And under each of those topics, you have a laundry list of things you go into in detail, and it's very well put together. So what was that process like, putting together a book like this, and then we'll jump into the book you guys have planned for next year?
1: Yeah, so so the process actually started back in 2013 when uh, I got connected with Demo Arena, my, my colleague, and we lead the company together, the Biker Center Company, and also Jaakko Almeto, who's the third author of the book. And we began like slowly writing the book in Finnish. It took uh, about three years to write it, to make it like uh, as it is now. In Finnish, we published it in 2016. And I think this uh, English version became out like uh, January 2019. Or maybe it was like available pre-order like already back in 2018. But the first prints people actually got were 2019. So that was a long process, and it it, it was a very like meticulous, uh, very uh, systematic process of writing, so that there's no empty sentences, no empty like words. Everything has a meaning, but without being too medical, too kind of like rigid, but an easy to read to a person that doesn't know that much about science. But if we are deep into science, you also have a lot of uh, information from there. So it's it's kind of like a this golden mean to to actually be there and to reach as many people as possible with this book and uh, we call it like a, the missing manual of the human body kind of, kind of like a playful thing because uh, every machine every kind of uh, device you have has a manual but uh, we don't have a manual we we go to the doctor when we are sick but uh, How would a life be if we just didn't go to the doctor just when we're sick, but uh, actually be our own doctors, not getting sick at least too often, but uh, maybe we should consider prospering our health and energy and how to become a trifle or a thriving person.
0: Well, like you're saying now more than ever, people are more interested in taking health into their own hands, being their own best advocate, especially with with the past 18 to 24 months now having some sort of resilience has never been more important. So let's jump into the newest book you're putting together, The Resilient Bean, Master the Biology of Resilience, Immunity and Longevity. So I know you're kind of we talked a little before the recording and you've written 550. You said
1: 500. Wow. So Yeah. Uh that's that's 550. So holy uh, I've I've written <laughs> <laughs> about about that much. So it's going to be huge. It's going to be thousand something pages and uh, paperweight. but before that we're going to release uh, the Biohackers Brain Nutrition book which is going to be an integral part of this book so that's going to be on, on ebook it, it's been already like ready for maybe a year but now it's finally being like edited and uh, like designed for, for the images and so on so that's going to be an ebook around 300 pages or so So uh, we we have so much material that this book also is a a reflection of of all these pieces like uh, the keto guide, the cholesterol guide, or immune guide, the flu guide, and all kinds of guides. But to put more into a bigger context, create this uh, mastering resilience concept. There's a lot to be uh, written, a lot of stuff that we haven't touched yet. But a lot of uh, stuff has to be already written.
0: Yeah, so let's let's get into it a little bit. Um, you don't have to give away too much of your 550 pages, but it uh, <laughs> looks like the book has five main topics regarding resilience, uh, physical, mental, social, spiritual, and contextual. So let's just start off with what does resilience mean to you and how should people be boosting the resilience for, for health and longevity?
1: Yeah, you can think... Uh think about the resilience as yourself as a spring if you are either stiff uh, like a stick or a very bending spring so so the more more like <laughs> and bending and you have the more resilient you're going to be uh, absorbing different kind of uh, like setbacks and and punches and and stuff like that but if you are just a rigid like uh, you have a rigid body, you have a rigid mind, you're doing everything like a, like a robot that people are, are doing at this, this point of time, you don't have that much resilience, but you have to be like adaptable. So maybe the adaptability, the the concept of hormesis is, is a huge part of this, but hormesis can also be expanded into mental hormesis, social hormesis, spiritual hormesis, and even the environmental or the contextual hormesis. So, um, This is a huge concept and and there is no like a clear definition of it yet, but we are also part of creating. We as a humanity and as a developed consciousness is, we are creating what is resilience and uh, there's no better time than this due to the pandemic and all all the stuff that's happening around us to be resilient and to create this, uh, make yourself a really nice bending spring.
0: Yeah, and so that kind of begs the question, what can people do whether it's on a daily basis or just, you know, semi-consistently to instill better resilience whether it's a piece of technology or getting back to nature cuz like we were talking before the uh, the recording that was one of the questions I got on a panel discussion down in Miami. What do you guys see as the future of you know technology and biohacking? Because I was at a biohacking conference. And so my answer was kind of twofold. It's A, making these biohacks like technology, like red light therapy panels or some sort of electromagnetic modality, making it more frictionless, meaning making it easier to use in your daily life without having to really think about it. So at least you're being exposed to these healthy wavelengths or frequencies, but you don't necessarily have to take 10 or 20 or 30 minutes out of your day because for a lot of people, that's that's not realistic. And then secondly, stacking multiple technologies or biohacks or or what have you. So then you're getting the synergistic benefits, let's say of light in a vibration plate or a light vibration plate in some sort of electromagnetic frequency for healing. So relative to resilience, kind of back to that question, what do you see that people can do, whether it's it's nature or technology. What can they
1: do to boost their the resilience? It is always both, like nature meets technology. So that, that's been our thesis already in, in the Biker's Handbook. So it, it, it's both, always both, because we come from the nature, but we use technology. And because of technology, we are developing uh, quite rapidly at, at this point in time. But definitely if you have, let's say you have five ailments or gadgets or technologies for recovery. And if you do them all like separately, it takes maybe like two hours. But uh, you can definitely like stack up different things. So, uh, for example, my colleague, Demorena has uh, this clear light uh, infrared sauna back in his house. I also have it too. But he has installed this huge red light panel in the roof of the infrared cabin. And there's a, there's like a, just a glass light, so so he gets like a nice bathing in red and near infrared, but also this far infrared sauna experience uh, combined with 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 like meditation and breathing practice. So so that's uh, again like uh, multiple uh, gadgets or or technologies at once. But of course, uh, the best technology is nature. The best uh, light technology is the sun, the water, the air the ground or the earth you need to ground yourself and that's actually what i do every morning whether it's sunny whether it's it's windy rainy i don't care what it is the weather i go outside barefoot i do some breeding exercises usually like three to ten ten rounds of wim hof i might go even ten rounds when it when it's like sunny i also get some sunlight and the grounding effects at, at the same time and fresh air so so that is free and uh, you can jump jump in there for to a cold shower or like a contrast shower. That's usually also free or or jump into a lake. All these uh, natural things are free. But uh, if you don't have like access or, or opportunity to go there or it's, it's, it's like super dark winter, super cold, dark winter, then you can, of course, use technology. For recovery, uh, I have uh, like a everyday recovery practice. I use... Uh, In combination, it's a neurosonic, like a low-level whole body vibration, like this very gentle vibration therapy for the nervous system. That's also a Finnish Finnish innovation technology, neurosonic. I combine it with the EMF mat. I use the Beamer mat with a little bit of red light therapy. I usually also have view light, the intranasal uh, infrared light, I use the, the neuro rhythm uh, <laughs> like this uh, pmf device uh, like back in my head just to get relaxed and maybe do some breathing and meditation and my latest addition is your the guardian to my mouth my uh, character also wants to get this a little over you know to make it look a bit ridiculous but also to see what are the effects if I do all these kind of things together of course, I, I take days off if I go to my summer cottage or travel or whatnot without doing that much of, of tech. But uh, that really helps. I see the difference if I don't use it or use it and it's easy to me- measure. So you can use multiple things together and see how your body responds. Of course, uh, too much of a good thing might be too much. So uh, based on the law of hormesis, you have this like... Uh, u-shape or or this like downward u-shape curve where the optimum dose is about here but if you do it too much it's not really beneficial and that it's the same thing with the red light therapy so but you have to find out yourself and be be the experimenter be the n equals one what biohacking is all about so a lot of things you can do (laughs) (laughs) yeah you no surprise you do a lot of different things and Back to
0: the free stuff, because that's what I always tell people before you start investing hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into technologies or supplements or adjuvants, make sure you have the foundations in place. And most of that is free, like you said, most of it is nature based. So let's go back to grounding for a moment, because I know that gets talked about a lot, especially in the biohacking space. So for those who have heard about it, but aren't necessarily familiar with it and how and why it's so healthy and beneficial, you know, it's anti-inflammatory. You're getting those free electrons from the earth. Explain to the people why it's beneficial. Just go a little deeper into your process there. I know you do it regardless of the weather, but how long are you doing it for? You're, it seems like you're doing it every single day. So just give us a breakdown of that.
1: Yeah, so um, basically humans have been evolved in uh, walking like barefoot on, on the ground. That That's our evolution. evolution that's our... It's, it's encrypted in, into, into our genes. We haven't had like these highly isolating shoes or, or like a contrast or something that doesn't like uh, involve the move of the electrons. So the body responds like uh, very rapidly into this. So even in like a minute or two is enough to create some kind of a, a response like physiologically but of course the longer you be the the, the more longer you are in in the crowded state the more effect it begins to have you actually start to notice like a drop in in the pulse rate uh and and the longer you be there it's actually an antioxidant therapy and lowers inflammation and, and stuff like that. And I recently took a took a look in in the grounding research on sleep quality. And there's a few very good quality studies on that. Uh, of course, they are not sleeping like straight on the ground, but they're using like these grounding mats which are connected to the to the earth surface, and that there's like a dramatic. Uh, improvements in, in recovery and like a reduction in, in delayed onset muscle soreness and uh, inflammation, different kind of markers and so on. But uh, y- you don't have to like overdo it and stand like I'm standing two hours here in the rain and <laughs> do nothing but ground myself, but, you know, make it part of your everyday life. And uh, maybe if you go outside, maybe uh, just instead of having these like highly isolated shoes when you're in the park, just take them off and, and you know, be there and, and stand there for a while. I, I'm pretty sure everybody will notice quite rapidly the difference. And also your legs are not getting that tired. So uh, I used to do like this, even in, in the fall time, like uh, these uh, hikes or, or long walks in the forest without any shoes. Usually I wear this, like uh, this, uh, five fingers or river barefoot shoes to get the, the, the feeling. But I decided, hey, uh, I've, I've been walking like barefoot quite a while. The sole of my foot is pretty thick. So I, I actually walked like six kilometers in, in the forest with all these like uh, rocks and stones and and whatnot and that was a bit extreme but it was a, it was a nice experience and uh, then i thought about like the endurance runners in, in kenya and uh, you know in, in the africa in, in the longer like uh, mountains and they they run barefoot maybe that's their secret as well <laughs> it's, it's it's the most natural way of use your foot eventually when you expose yourself it this kind of a thing a little bit then you actually start to feel okay. This feels actually good, and you want to crave it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. and I can I can speak to
0: that because uh, one of my patients has been dealing with you know chronic pain for years. He's gone through uh, many many surgeries, so really all over his body he's been dealing with with pain, especially his knees. And so I suggested to him, man, why don't you just start grounding, you know, start, you know, five or 10 minutes, you know, see what you think and just do it consistently and see what you notice. That was like on a Thursday or Friday. And I saw him the next week on a Monday or Tuesday. And he reported that he couldn't believe how much his pain was reduced just by grounding. And again, he'd been dealing with this pain for a long time, really got no reprieve from any other doctors or surgeons or whatnot. Um, and I've been doing some dry needling and hyperbaric with him, which has helped a lot to a certain degree. But he still had pain, and the grounding is what kind of reduced it the most, almost. So it was just mind blowing to him. He thought it was a placebo effect. He's like, "There's no way standing on grass has you know reduced my pain this much, but it truly has." And that's just in my mind, that's just mind blowing, and it is a in is a testament really to the power of nature because like you mentioned we're always wearing shoes we're always disconnected from earth yeah indoors so just reconnecting to nature it's its amazing what it can do
1: yeah and the natural like the the electromagnetic field that the earth has and to the Schumann resonance and uh just being like that's that's a real connection of course i uh, can have like connection spiritually connection mentally and, and physically but uh if you're always like isolated, never you go never never go swimming into a lake or ocean. That's also, by the way, a very good way of grounding. And uh, and if it's cold, you can get get some cold exposure as well. People don't realize that when when they're on the beach, they're not wearing shoes. Or if they are, that they're just stupid. But you know, usually the people are not wearing shoes. But you get multiple things at the same time. You might get some like a nice ocean water like salt water exposure you're grounding yourself on on the sand and you get some beneficial sunlight so that's why people feel so good
0: and typically they're on vacation so a little bit of a mental reprieve (laughs) that's a good point i mean you're essentially doing you know several nature hacks if you will at the same time yeah that's why it does feel so good before we go back to the resilience book, there was another point you made when you were talking about things that you do because you do so many things. So, A, you mentioned measuring, which is extremely important because if you're going to do anything, whether it's take supplements or or try a new hack or try to improve your sleep regimen somehow, you need to have, outside of feeling better or not feeling better, you do need to have some sort of objective numbers. What do you use personally to track your biometrics so that you know what you're using is either working or not?
1: Oh, the O ring. <laughs> the aura-ring. This is the O ring. The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's what I've been using for years. So I have I have like a data prints and and all kind of stuff uh, based on four years of measuring, like basically every day with ordering. ring. I've I've tried multiple other devices. Like a year ago, besides O ring, I also had the Biostrap and also like a Garmin's we will move HR but I dropped them because uh I didn't find any extra extra like benefit and now that the ordering is developing constantly and, and they're like developing the features and you can actually measure like uh, it, it takes if you take a nap it takes it automatically if you have want to have this kind of like a momentum or moment to track the HRV and, and the HR that, that's also possible so so this is what i will be using and I, I like because it's so easy to use. I don't really notice that I'm having any any kind of device. it lasts long, the battery lasts long and uh, I find it like absolutely very reliable the data since you I've been using it for four years. I can see like really nice interesting trends like uh, seasonal changes in heart rate variability. you can start to like see different kind of uh, very interesting patterns. in in your data so
0: this podcast interview was brought to you by the Longev Revive Cream if you haven't heard of this cream before go back and listen to the podcast interview with David Horneck, one of the people that helped create this amazing cream the cream is specifically developed to enhance red light therapy treatment sessions and not only that but improve vibrational healing from the frequencies of full spectrum sunlight The Revive includes special ingredients such as photodynamic amino acids, which helps convert UV light to red light. It increases production of this thing called fibronectin, which is said to be the holy grail of anti-aging. And then there's astaxanthin, which has been shown in clinical studies to increase skin moisture, moisture retention, and elasticity. There's turmeric, which contains an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and antimicrobial properties. There's copper peptides, which also has antioxidant, anti-inflammatory effects. C60 has high antioxidant power to prevent skin aging, 172 times more than vitamin C. And then there's also geranium rose, shungite, humic acids. And most of these ingredients are organic and they're all high, high quality. So if you want to check this cream out, go to longev.com, that's L-O-N-G-E-V-V.com, or you can also find it on biolite.shop, that's biolite.s-h-o-p. What do you notice that wrecks your, you know, your sleep score or your HRV the most? And then what do you notice brings it back into normal or, or optimized state?
1: Yeah, so what tracks the most my HRV is this. <laughs> Being in the office in, in the, the center of Helsinki, in this collective not-so-uplifting energy, bombarded with like uh, multiple non-native EMF, like uh, Wi-Fi, and just pretty far away from the nature, and doing a lot of cognitive work, and maybe not so much exercise. So So that's what usually lowers my HRV. Usually dur- during the weekends, I see a huge rise. I'm more into nature. I ground myself. I move a lot, uh, be with the family and uh, like fill out more. But not in the summertime. In, in the summertime, it, the, the change is not that obvious because uh, I, I spend a lot of time in the sun. So that kind of mitigates all, all these kind of things. But it gets really dark. Uh, now it's October, but in, in November, it's it's already like super dark. So lack of light—it's it's a huge thing. But that's that's what I see the seasonal change in HRV. So the, it, it's highest in the, in the summer months, and it gets to its lowest point around December, January, and then starts to rise again. Your HRV so, does, yeah. Oh, interesting. So it really does have a seasonal change. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, I was actually discussing about this uh, with my acupuncture therapist that I've been going through maybe like 13 years. <laughs> so he, he knows me, he knows uh, the Chinese medicine system, the traditional Chinese medicine. And uh, a lot of the cycles that we in the Western world have no idea. So it's it's actually natural that the HRV drops and the pulse rate might, might elevate a little bit. And the pulse gets deeper into the tissues and our body... Uh, especially when when we live in Finland we have like four seasons our body gets more into prepared into the winter time that gets disrupted because many people want to like travel to the to the like uh, Spain or you know where wherever there's like canary Islands where there's sun and they disrupt the natural homeostasis of the system and that when they come back they actually get ill because the system is is so disrupted that's what i've been seeing it's it's quite natural process as well and uh i used to be like worried about it oh, i need to get my hrv like back to where it was in the summertime but i've been realizing okay it's, it's it's a lot different there's a lot more light in the summer a lot more sunshine and uh like infrared radiation red light <laughs> and and stuff like that that really have an effect and and the circadian like biological effect. so I'm not anymore that worried about it because I know my body will adapt to that.
0: That's interesting. I'll have to track that as time goes on. It makes sense the way you explain it as far as HRV, you know, kind of ebbing and flowing with the seasons because where I live up in Montana, um, I don't know if I'm as high as you latitude wise, but we get four seasons as well. So I'll have to track that mm-hmm. and see if mine does the same thing as yours, but I was going to say that as far as what wrecks my HRV consistently is Either alcohol and/or <laughs> too close to bedtime. Those two rep yeah. the HRV. And it's not a lot of a lot of alcohol. I'll have a glass of red wine or something, but if it's too close to bed, yeah, my HRV cut in half. And then things that really bring it back up would be breathing exercises, exercise, hyperbaric oxygen. But especially those first two, especially breathing, it's insane what just slow nasal breathing can do when i started doing that a couple months ago my hrv increased you know 20 or 30 percent and i changed nothing else but my breathing so yeah, um, yeah. i'm a huge proponent of, of of that and i know you do wim hof um is there any other type of breathing techniques you you integrate
1: yeah i do I, like intuitively I suddenly realized that I'm just, uh, have been like reading like four, seven, eight or, or something like that. Not, not even like realizing that I'm actually like releasing the tension and the stress. Or one day when I was driving, I was, I was suddenly doing like this bus trick, like this fire break, like a little sh- sharpened. Yeah. Like this very fast, sharp, like sharp breaths to the nose, just a little sharpen my wake up the, the sympathetic system. And, uh, I use this app called ShiftState.io. So it has a biofeedback type of uh, breathing training. So you measure your maximum exhalation, and based on that, it it creates this this kind of different patterns. So it has like four different uh, practice patterns, and you can practice like if you want to be more present, more calm, or before sleep. So that that actually helped quite a bit, maybe a year back. I have these phases that I try different kind of breathing exercises and, and uh, I I like the one-minute breath. I only breathe one time per minute. And that's, that's kind of like also a mental practice. So you basically, you breathe in like 15 seconds, hold 15 seconds, breathe out 15 seconds, hold 15 mm-hmm. seconds. Or you can just, you know, do five, five, five or... What, what, right. Whatever the number suits yourself more. How many minutes do you try to do that? Usually, it's it's a couple of minutes. Doesn't like need to be that long. It's, it's the effects are really immense, quite quite fast. And but just you know, overall slowing the breath rate, it's really helpful. And we know from research that the slower your breath rate, you the longer you're gonna live. At least animal studies. And uh, usually the bigger mammals have like a slower, like uh, breeding rate. And of course, the ordering gives you the breath rate. So if you start to see that it's it's getting elevated, then maybe you should do something. And it's the same with other other things too. So my, my stats are quite uh, like stable, like all the time. And when I came back to work and having more stress that my resting heart rate elevated, maybe like two BPMs on average. Hmm. Not not that much. You know, it it, it or or the maximum like three. So it it wow. You know, it was at this lowest it was like 47 or one night some nights 45, but now it's it's more like 50 to 52. Your heart rate? Yeah, like resting resting heart rate. That's a difference. So that's also lower in the summertime. It has to do with the light and not so much like uh Mental stress, more of like outdoor physical activities. Interesting. One more thing about
0: the book you have coming out. I'm curious on the spiritual resilience. What does that look like? What does that entail? And if you can give us any snippets as how one can start to move their spiritual resilience in the right direction.
1: Yeah. So um, first and foremost, and ultimately, we are or everybody we're like spirits. Having a human experience or souls having a human experience it depends on uh, how you see things or source or whatnot. So, so the spiritual resilience it's it's more about the realization about your heritage, your like uh, ancestry, where you come from, what are the things that you came here on Earth to change? Let's say in your bloodline, and there is like there are like these parents that are repeated and repeated and repeated of course this goes uh, also hand in hand with the social resilience like with the childhood experiences and traumas and so on but the, maybe that's that's more about how you can develop the consciousness aspect and, and the non-dual self the ultimate source that's that's being aware of or what's happening like in, in this body in this vehicle So uh, we go deeper into the metaphysical realms and also like uh, what means transcendence? Uh, Is there a thing called immortality or uh, rather isn't everybody already immortal? We just change forms. We are transforming into a different kind of like configuration of energy and and, uh, basically energy. So uh, that's still uh, zero uh, words written in this. (laughs) The <laughs> thing—it's—it's all in here, and Demos uh, minds, and and like uh, in in like multiple <laughs> books, we have developed like uh, our spiritual like uh, spirituality and and the connection to the source, and and this this uh, finding w- what means to be human in this this like body, and also re- deeper realizations. Like I have had multiple deep realizations in the dream where I kind of dissolve the body and the ego and this whole thing dissolves into this uh universal like mind or uh, energy lattice. What is actually real and uh, is this actually a dream? Uh, and uh, the more real thing of life happens somewhere else. So all kinds of things, but but this this went a bit a bit like uh, South. Uh, but uh, you can like also practice this with with like uh, being more con- in connection with your uh, deepest like uh, core and and the essence which is not attached to any like uh, physical thing any thought in this like uh, physical realm remains to be seeing what what <laughs> part actually comes out in the book <laughs> so so the first
0: part, being aware of everything that you just uh, so eloquently put out there. And then once you're aware, is meditation like the number one thing to be more resilient spiritually, or is there more things that you can do?
1: It totally helps. And uh, the natural state of the human mind and the system is kind of a meditative state. And uh, that should be like the primary state from that like ultimate presence we can choose let's say to be alert to be responsive to be creative but kind of being in the center point which is kind of like the the mindful space and and the the observing eye of the eye this is hard to put in the words but you know just uh, concentrating on centering yourself and being as present as possible and not really attached to anything outside so that's also a practice of resilience and the more you practice that the less anything that happens outside of yourself basically nothing is outside of yourself because everything is in also (laughs) happening inside of yourself because we are not like divided we are of course different persons different bodies and so on but Everything arises in your consciousness, and it's different for everybody. So the world actually it looks a lot different to let's say uh, woman in in the Africa living in Cameroon than uh, for myself or your your yourself. So it's it's also dependent on the culture. But uh, everybody has their own like uh, view of the world. So that that's kind of interesting. And if if you kind of mirror that you become into a realization of what it's, what actually is real. Mm-hmm. What is real is that what you believe to be real for you. Yeah,
0: It's it's kind of a paradigm shifter when you think about it, because there's so many layers and it's kind of mind blowing or mind expanding. And I'll tell you what, Dr. Ali, I mean, that's one yeah. the book I'll be most excited for. Cause that's one area personally, I probably have the most to work on. So I mean, whenever you get those paper or words on the paper, man, I'll, I'll be looking forward to
1: reading it and kind of implementing it um, into my yeah, finances. yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, I also do because I, I have no idea what what comes to the paper. Demo has a lot of ideas, um, and he's is researching what, what is panpsychism, what is the universal mind that I tried to describe here because we are all connected into the universal mind, and that's why this pandemic is so powerful. And that's why this fear is so powerful, because we are connected to the universal consciousness or the mind. But we can choose whether we want to be connected to that. Let's let's call it the matrix. It's kind of a, one type of matrix. But we can choose if we want to be there or just like observe it from uh, another state of consciousness. But that requires that we kind of wake up and and see that this is one level of consciousness but that can be seen from another and that's that's also the evolution of of the mind and then the psyche and the spirit and that's why it's so interesting to do like kind of like uh, witness this uh, evolution and this kind of accelerated evolution of the human so in, in a way it's kind of
0: like uh tapping into the quantum field right kind of like i don't are you familiar with dr joe dispenza and kind of what's yeah, yeah. happening to the quantum field, like you're saying. I mean, depending on your frequency at, at any moment in time, I mean, you can be in any part of the quantum field based on what you're projecting or what you're thinking. So, it is mind-blowing, but like you're saying, <laughs> you, you can choose to be aware or to tap into a certain part of the field. I mean, you can really manifest whatever you want if if you tap in correctly. So, again, for me, that's something I'm still trying to exercise, and you're working that muscle, right? But it's just working a Um, your brain or or a different type of muscle. So that's something I'm really intrigued by. And I'm just trying to implement and and improve upon, you know, personally. So I'm really excited about that part of the book.
1: Yeah. And there comes shadow and the subconscious, the Jungian archetypes, these traumas and and trauma therapies. They're like huge uh, subjects at the moment because people are going through collective trauma people are healing and releasing the different kind of traumas i've been doing that too and there's like a lot of stuff coming from the previous generations that are popping up to the surface and basically this this pandemic has uh touched the basic fear of everybody which is the fear of death so uh, that's that's why this is so powerful and that's why people are panicking and uh if, but if they choose to face the fear not just the fear of death, but different kind of fears and seeing their uh, shadows, with, which, which are like reflections of the stuff that, that they are not owned in their subconscious minds that they try to hide. But they see it in other people and they trigger that. Why are you like that? Uh, uh. But actually, it's, it's a reflection of yourself that you haven't yet owned so uh it's it's super fascinating like looking at these aspects of, of the human consciousness and human evolution and how people are going through these traumas whether they want it or not of course, they, of course they can stay and try to stay like this and uh i want to be like as it always has been but it's never gonna be as it always has been because that's the nature of evolution that's nature of energy it's always on the move Yeah, tapping into
0: the spiritual aspect of it, it's like trying to optimize your inner light, right? Which you could say might be the most important part of your health. If you're able to kind of get that on point and and centered, everything else falls into place. So with that beautiful segue, (laughs) let's let's talk about red light therapy, which is actually and coming light. back to the real life. <laughs> well yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think and the more I've read and learned about it from various sources, the inner light, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's so important. And I mean that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, let's get let's yeah. talk about some red light because you've been using it for many, many years. So just kind of tell the audience, Dr. Ali, how you
1: kind of learned and started utilizing red light therapy and what you've what you've noticed with yourself or other mm. people let's let's go back into 2013 i think so there's this Finnish Finnish guy called uh, Vladimir heiskonen who's uh, actually he's put together this uh red light or photobiomodulation huge uh, like excel platform with 5700 references and it, and ongoing so he's been gathering this research only on photobiomodulation that that's just simply astonishing like uh, work he's, he's been doing but uh, he, he began like uh, talking to me about this hey, hey maybe you can use this like inc- incandescent bulbs or these basic like lamps that emit some amounts of red light to actually have this like a uh, heating or near infrared and red light therapy and then he came across these very cheap devices that are used in joints, like boiler lights or something like that. It's not too effective. And then I began like uh, investigating about it. And uh, maybe back in 2016, I discovered the Juve Light, which uh, was one of the first companies. I think they were like Red Light Man. And maybe after that, the Red Light Rising. Are those two in Europe? Yeah, red light pricing is in Europe, and uh, the red light man—I I don't know where it's like located—but uh, he had some like generic red light uh, panels and stuff and articles about that. And uh, so that's five years ago. I began using the the tube panel, like very basic panel only with the red light, and uh, I I find the effects like to be really remarkable, whether it was my skin or just the overall energy levels and uh, recovery so i began investigating that a lot more reading the research more and then we began manufacturing our own like red light therapy devices about three years ago one guy called timo lehto who just contacted us hey i i I know this very good factory with with high quality so they could make like this this device is based on your design and whatever you would like to have. That was really nice. So I got the bigger device. Actually before that, I got the red light rising device. I think it's called like full stack used every day. Now at the office, we have like this bigger, like whole body panels that I use also on a daily basis. So uh, it, it gets like um, more like a variety. And now like the latest addition was your, uh, the Moth Guardian, which which I simply love because uh, I've been looking kind of like a device like this for for the gums and and the uh, teeth because I I've seen the research and uh, I've been like really sure that this this is the future of periodontal diseases and and the, the dental medicine like a non-invasive therapy and for example for myself when I changed my diet I used to have a lot of like cavities and carriers. But uh, changing my diet from this typical Western diet, like ten years plus back, the cavities stopped, and I realized that uh, a lot of the things I was eating was were not supporting. I was deficient in many minerals, vitamin D, K2, magnesium, calcium. You know, or the whole the whole thing. And uh, how I see this field evolving is that more and more innovations to more like specific. Kind of conditions come out uh, whether it's like a thyroid stimulation which is also uh, really potent uh, like a future therapy for for uh, thyroid diseases these are uh, so incredible because the side effects are basically non-existent if you're using it like the right time and if you're using too much you, you might lose the benefit but it still usually doesn't cause any harm So that's, that's why I'm like (laughs) super stoked about it. I use it every day, like in the morning, during the day uh, at the office, uh, usually in the, in the evening as well. So how are you specifically
0: using red light therapy? And yeah, well said, as far as it being very safe, very effective, non-invasive, like low risk, high reward, as far as any type of treatment you could ask for. Uh, But yeah, so specifically, how do you use it do you use red and near infrared so do you the combo setting what distance are you from the panel because i know the audience wants to know these specifics how other people use it so like what's the distance what's the duration Do you use it more during like the late fall winter early spring months uh less during the summer are you or are you just consistent throughout
1: the year definitely less during the summer so the more i'm exposed to natural sunlight the less i feel that i i like need to use it so it kind of goes with the, with my intuition and and the, the feeling as well and uh some days i i might do it more if i need more recovery or i have some like uh, issues or aches or whatnot but usually like in the morning i use it in the back of my head like the panel just to wake me up because I've read some research that it actually goes like here from the brainstem and and from there to the cortex to actually wake you up. And I've found it like being really effective if I have any like brain fog or being like a bit groggy or something like that, just like putting it in the back of your head, maybe like 10 centimeters from there and just a couple of minutes, maybe three minutes, that's, that's enough. And I usually also use it on my face, maybe three minutes as well. I haven't noticed that any any like extra benefits of using like ten minutes or or more in the evening. I I might use it like a little longer. So I like to use the panel on my torso to sleep, but also the gastrointestinal system, the digestion, and just like overall load. And uh, usually I use both. Like red and, and near infrared, like frequency, we have we have the switches in, in our devices where you can choose what what you want to use. But that's that's usually what I do. And uh, I used to do like uh, all red light only on on the the, the manly parts, <laughs> like a few minutes there. Uh, I haven't used that for for a while. It's kind of tricky not to heat heat your testicles. I know it's, it's it's a big topic. I, I we we discussed about it like five years ago back, and i wrote this uh, optimizer testosterone article where I where I brought this into kind of like a, into common knowledge and been bundled uh, at the same time. But you gotta be careful, definitely not to overdo it. Be like uh, sensible. At, if you have like parts that might be. Really sensitive, so a lower dose is always usually safer and better. That's kind of a it varies more in, more in the winter time, less in the summer time.
0: Yeah, as far as testosterone, like you were saying, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence of people using it and saying that their testosterone is, you know increased a lot since using red light therapy, mostly anecdotal. Exactly. (laughs) Basically in the research, which is why I haven't developed a protocol for that yet. Yeah. No, there is enough research. Like you're saying, that's what I tell people. There's anecdotal evidence, probably red light only because you don't want the near infrared light penetrating much deeper because that tissue down there is so thin. You probably don't need the near infrared But Yeah. Less is more, especially when it comes to testosterone or, or using the light on your testicle. So, I haven't done it personally, I because I do full-body treatments mostly. So yeah. I haven't done that targeting yet, but that's what I tell people, basically exactly what you said. Dude, but- let's
1: fry your eggs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to intentionally, but... Yeah. Keep uh, the yolk running. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had anything recently that you've tried to treat specifically with red light therapy, like any aches or pains or like wounds yeah. or and then you know
1: how did how did you use the red light therapy and how did you respond Mm. yeah uh actually just a couple of days ago uh, i was in the forest Uh, i had these barefoot shoes pretty slippery ones and not the best choice for that because it was really muddy a lot of leaves on the surface and very slippery so i kind of uh like slipped and did some like I don't know what kind of movement to keep me balanced, but uh, I, I twisted my right knee. I usually never have any knee pains, but I started to have like a kind of like a nagging knee pain at the inside of the knee. So maybe some some kind of micro tear in the, in the like probably the medial collateral like ligament or or something like that, based on on the momentum. Now it's gone. So I used red light therapy like. Uh, three times throughout the day about five minutes like targeted there and uh there's no no pain anymore so that's that's the most recent ones and uh i haven't had any wounds or something like that in a long time but uh, i always show in my presentation this kind of a picture of my like facial and, and my eye i I played uh, like a basketball a couple of years ago and and we have an actual game i was wearing like <laughs> glasses to like see see better to shoot that that wasn't the wise thing so because it's it's uh it wasn't that skilled of a game and i got like elbowed and, and the glasses broke and like uh, the serious wound here but I I healed myself very rapidly with uh, this uh, PMF device, local PMF device, uh, soma pulse and a red light, like multiple, like a couple of days, a couple of times per day, and I show the difference uh, after 24 hours, and it looks like it's been a week. So uh, that's that's just pretty amazing how how fast a healing can can like uh, happen when you provide some kind of a, a appropriate stimulus to actually like a, increase the wound healing process skin reacts so quickly to frequencies red and
0: you're seeing pmf that's really cool that you combine the two the same thing i've had some bumps and nicks on my skin and people know like what a normal wound healing time frame is but when you use frequencies, you know, red light, there's a noticeable decrease in healing time. I mean, it's so much quicker. And then the chance of scarring is so much less when you use red light therapy. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. a pretty good anecdote. I know you haven't been using the guardian for that long, but have you noticed anything tangible since you've started using it?
1: Yeah, I actually have. So, um, I don't like the process of, uh, flossing, Yeah. I hate it, <laughs> and uh, I, I tend to try to avoid it. And uh, then when I go for it, usually I, there's some a little bit of blood out of my gums, probably due to a sudden like uh, contact. I don't know if, if it's inflammation or not. But now I haven't really increased the, the flossing, but there's no blood coming with blood anymore. It was very subtle, but mm-hmm. I noticed that there's there's some a, a little bit of that, and I feel it feels different. In the teeth, and it feels like they are a bit cleaner. So I haven't changed any any other routine. And after mm-hmm. I've used the Guardian, I have like some funny pictures myself using that and having like the infrared, the view light <laughs> in the nasal, and you know <laughs> a red light. You got light over go there. Up. Yeah. <laughs> My wife just told uh if, if you're gonna put light back there then (laughs) then, like it's game over i'm like don't worry about that you know it's uh, (laughs) you guys have uh,
0: halloween over in finland
1: yeah (laughs) well there you go you just put the guardian
0: and the violet in your in your nose and you're gonna scare all the kids on the street yeah while driving (laughs) while driving no that's cool to hear so it sounds like your gums became stronger which i guess is one of the main things that red light therapy can help with is people with gums that bleed easily or have. Any type of inflammation, yeah, inflammatory gums. It really does help with
1: that, and I feel the enamel has also gotten a bit stronger. So I know there's oh, research, yeah, yeah, on, on that. And I, I've had some problems like based, like uh, due to my lifestyle back, like uh, 15 years back, a lot of partying, alcohol, junk food, staying up late, biting my my teeth together. Uh, like it's called broxing something like that so i've been like destroying my my uh -hmm. nml quite a bit but i i feel and hope (laughs) also that this could also reverse some of the damage done there i don't know if that's possible but uh i think because people think that nml is it's just just, you know, dead tissue, which is absolutely, it's not. It's a living tissue, even though it's it's quite different from, let's say, skin. But uh, I think it can be rejuvenated.
0: That'd be pretty cool. There's definitely at least one piece of research I've seen where red light therapy does seem to mitigate, I don't know about reverse, but at least mitigate enamel erosion and help with tooth sensitivity. And it makes me wonder if that has to do with decreasing the acidity in your saliva, cause you know, acidity would mm. be too many protons, not enough electrons, but if you're inducing or adding electrons to your mouth, then you're going to take it out of that inflammatory acidic state and make it more, more alkaline or anti-inflammatory. So I'm wondering yeah. if that's what's going on and kind of helping bathe the enamel in more, you know, alkaline saliva versus acidic. I don't know, but that's kind of what I
1: would yeah. wonder. Yeah. And, and, uh, when you combine again, uh, it's stacking. Uh, I I kind of like uh, got really good motivation to uh, get, put my tooth carrying like a process or, or, or the, like the routines back in place. So I began again doing oil pulling and doing the flossing like a couple of times a week at least, and you know just taking more care of that. It, it's it's kind of like also as a hobby. It feels good when you have like a clean mouth and uh, tongue scraping has been a big part. so whenever I discovered that that was also a game changer in, into my mouth health because I realized it's, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff that you secrete like throughout the night even even though if you haven't eaten like um, many hours before you go to sleep it, it's still like you're like on the, on this horizontal posture there's gases and, and stuff like that coming up so uh combining all these together it's it's uh it's a really cool pack practice and definitely has uh an impact on on your overall health health as we know that uh the, on the extreme we have endocarditis if you have like inflammation inflamed gums so it might might get like into the endocardium that's that's not a good thing so no it's it's mind blowing the
0: impact of your oral yeah. health on your entire body systemically. Um yeah. my well my first interview on this podcast ever was with Dr. Kelly Blodgett, who's a biological dentist over in Portland but he related to me and reminded me really the impact of your oral health that it's not just do your oral health for the sake of oral health and you know it's relegated to just there no it, it impacts everything all systems all organs so like you, for maybe, I don't know, six to twelve months now. I've been implementing the tongue scraping and the oil pulling. And now with the Guardian implementing that consistent red light therapy. So so like you, I'm more motivated to keep my oral health almost a top priority, or like you said, a hobby yeah. because of the ramifications
1: for your entire health and you know longevity. You get also a reward. I, I feel that I'm I'm rewarded. It's hard to explain, but you do you're doing like what's good for yourself. But this is like maybe a bit new. Area it hasn't been that like obvious or prominent in in the field of biohacking like uh, dental oral health but now it's it's more like common and it can be like uh, thought as a cool cool kind of like hobby and hobby and practice and uh, I also teach, I'm teaching this to my my kid you know, like she's almost six and she always laughs when I have this new devices and gadgets and uh this this was definitely the the, the funniest one this this guardian piece so like <laughs> <laughs> you have a light in your mouth and then your, your nose and in your head and <laughs> it's like dad what a what a dork <laughs> what,
0: are you, yeah. what are you doing <laughs> oh man little does she know she's getting one of those in her stocking
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: uh, Well, well, Dr. Ali, I mean, this has been amazing. You know, we could probably go on for hours just talking about this stuff and geeking out. Tell people a little bit more about, you know, kind of the courses you're doing, some of the events like Biohacker Summit. Give us a breakdown of that kind of stuff and then where people can go to learn more about you personally. Yeah.
1: So uh, we've run the Biohacker Center. That's basically the center for all and everything we do. So if you go into biohackercenter.com, there are all the courses uh, we have released, all the books. And we have uh, like a very good variety of different kind of uh, tech, different kind of supplements and very niche and very unique uh, products in, in the store. And also a lot of free buying guides. I, I've written a ton of free guides there. And uh, if you want to go deeper into different kind of subjects, you, you will definitely find answers there. We run the Bihacker Summit the So the next one is going to be in Helsinki next June. It was actually supposed to be this weekend here, but due to like this kind of like ridiculous passports and uh, all this vaccination and uh, restriction, and this seems uh, we decided, okay, it, it's best to put put in the summer. Uh, and Usually, naturally, even like uh, all kinds of inter- infections are, are low. Here in Helsinki, and we also have another event in August in uh, Amsterdam. And then there's Bihackers Retreat. So if you go to bihackersretreat.com, bikersretreats.com, the next one is going to be in Estonia in April. So that's a three day intensive biking retreat. A lot of the spiritual stuff we have discussed here with the cacao ceremonies and deep meditations and sound healing. But of course, uh, biking technologies, upgrade dinners like supplements, foods, everything you can imagine in a beautiful nature setting. Bikercenter.com, uh, bikersummit.com, bikersretreats.com. And if you want to follow uh, personally, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Oli rv. Even a <I> last name <laughs> <say laughs> again. I love that. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so Soviet army so Soviet army, and or at Biohacking book, so that's our content derived instagram account, but on my personal account, there's um uh, what comes to my mind or what doesn't come to my mind I actually had a five week total social media detox a week ago, but now I'm back and uh I have some workouts in there, maybe some like uh d j gigs musics and uh, whatever feels good to me personally. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate it, Dr. Ollie. So
0: everyone go check out everything that he's doing. He, I mean, he's putting out a lot of information, doing a lot of events. Of course, go check out the book they currently have out, the Biohackers Handbook. And Dr. Ollie, keep me posted. Um, I know it's not for another year or so, but keep me posted whenever that book is going to be available. And I'll be able to make sure that all my audience and uh, followers know that it's available too, because I know that the resilience bean is going to be a really uh, profound and useful tool guide for people wanting to, you know, improve
1: health, health, wellness and longevity. Yeah, you got it for sure. And it's deep into our hearts, requires quite a bit of work. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, Rome was build in the day. Eventually, it will be ready and it will be. Double, <laughs> double, like that handbook, so you can do double bicep curls without the blood flow restriction. <laughs> I love it. Well, well, Doctor Ali, before we sign
0: off here, uh, what what are one or two things you would have people do today to start, you know, boosting their resilience? If we haven't talked about it already, go
1: outside, no tech, leave your phone, go barefoot, go into the sun if the sun is available. Just breathe. Ground yourself. Just uh let let yourself center and align. That is the most important thing that you can do at this point of time. Just to center and align and ground yourself. So it, everything becomes a lot easier when you do that. It's free and it's back to nature. I mean, it, it's yeah. all good
0: stuff. I, I love that answer. Well, Doctor Ali, whenever I'm over in Europe, whenever I get over there, I'll have to come up to Helsinki and. Uh, We'll have to start stacking some biohacks together.
1: Yeah, welcome to our office. We have a wonderful recovery cabins in here. So you're most welcome.
0: That'd be awesome. Well, everyone, that's Dr. Ollie over in Finland. This is Dr. Mike in Montana. And we're signing off another episode of the Red Light Report. You guys have a fantastic week. Thank you for, for listening, listening to the Red Light Report. Report. If you like what you heard today, Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.